Henry sisters on the 9th of June 1862 on a summer's afternoon I took the bus to Bamberg's and she was heavy laden The way we went along Collingwood Street that's on the road to Bladen Hello and welcome to CHN Radio, episode 57. I am your host, Greg Troxell. You can follow me on Twitter at NUFC underscore Greg. And you can follow this podcast at CHN underscore radio. We are the underscore capital of the world. And with a man with no underscore Twitter handle, I regretfully introduce Elijah Newsom. Oh yes, you can follow me. At Elijah underscore Newsom. Did you say that I have Oh, wait. No I thought you didn't have an underscore. Never mind. Nope. I'm happy nope. to introduce. Continuing the underscore capital of podcasts, Elijah underscore Newsom. Just, I want to say I had an underscore before you and the CHN radio account. So yeah, for some reason I'm I thought it was originator. just your name. Mm. Mm. Well, I mean, I said that in the last pod that it was just my name, but... I just figured that if you typed in Elijah Newsom, I would just come up because I'm that important. But evidently, that's not how Twitter works. Oh. Well, it, it is how it works if you're that important. Yeah. You weren't wrong. And True. also, you weren't right. Yeah, well. But either way, we're safe. <laughs> yeah. We're uh, safe. Um, cute verbal, verbal picture for everyone. Just imagine a large, surly baseball umpire making the safe symbol, yes. and that is Newcastle. With the big safe. pad on the chest. you got to have that. Yeah. Got to have it. What do you think about the match this weekend? Where did you watch it? I was in Atlanta uh, mm. at Elder Tree. Shout out to an army Atlanta. Good good showing. About 13 or 14 folks. Actually, a cup, actually a fair bit of actual Geordies there. There were like three or four. Um, so shout out to them. Uh, it was cool. A lot of fun. Um, yeah. That's all I really have to say about that. I didn't finish my drink, which that's embarrassing, but we don't have to talk about it. It was early. Well, no, it wasn't for you. It was 12.30 p.m. Yeah. yeah this is the latest match for both of us, that's besides bad. the 3 p.m. one against Leicester, I guess. Yeah, I uh, I really enjoyed it not being at 7 a.m. or earlier, this, this match. And I really enjoyed winning. I said that there was going to be a draw, and I was wrong. Oh, well. And you said Newcastle would win, and... You were right. We, did, next year, um, next year we need to have a, a table. Like we need to have standings of how how good we are. It's true with our predictions. Yeah. Um, but if one I, of our I, listeners I, wants to take take control of that, I would love it. Yeah, or produce. <laughs> yeah, or if you want to produce a podcast. <laughs> yeah. Either so, one works. So we'll get into some club news. Uh, Newcastle. As we mentioned, are safe. So Newcastle needed to beat Southampton, which they did three to one. And then Cardiff had to lose to Liverpool, which nobody expected. Well, that happened. <laughs> um, uh, Liverpool won, sending Newcastle to permanent safety, and we get to have another year of this beautiful thing again in the Premier League. So. Got a lot to to break down on that. That's a much bigger topic. Will he stay or will he go being the biggest question. But we'll, I mean, we're not going to know for the next three weeks. So we're just going to hold that for a little bit later. Um, 
do you have any like words of wisdom on being safe? Um, I don't. I, I, not really. Okay. Just, I don't know. I mean, if, if hey, if th- this is the time, if you're a Newcastle player, to achieve the things you want. So, like, if you're Solomon Rondon, like, you got to get to ten goals. Um, if you're Matt Ritchie, uh, I don't really know what Matt Ritchie's personal goals are. Uh, yeah, I'm gonna Isaac Hayden. Keep playing well. Maybe you'll get sold. Uh, I don't know. Just I guess everyone keep working on what you've been working on. Yeah, like it. Um, some some old player news. Remember mm. Kevin Mbabu? No, oh, I do. Yeah, he's been at Young Boys. Well, a deal has been struck, according to many people, that he has been sold to Wolfsburg in Germany. And oh, he will be going for an 8.8 million euro fee. Um, the reports are saying that there's a 15% sell-on clause to Newcastle United. And if that fee is accurate, that would mean 1.1 mil goes towards Newcastle. Oh, good for us. That's uh, more money for us to not spend on players. Yeah, yeah, good for Mike, I guess. <laughs> Yeah, just wanted to do that. He's been having a good season, so it'll be interesting to see how he does in Bundesliga. Um, Elijah. Yeah. Miguel Amaran plays for Newcastle United, but he's going yes. to Spain. Please yes, tell us more. True. He's been sold to Real Madrid. <laughs> uh, no, uh, so uh, news broke today that, um, well, one, starting from the beginning, 64th minute of the Southampton match, Miguel Amaron. Uh, goes down with an injury. Initially, people thought it was because of the foul. Uh, it was a non-contact injury uh, with his hamstring. Came off the field in tears. Walked off on his own power. Um, likely looks like he's going to be done for the season. But in order to make sure uh, and get an accurate timetable, um, Miguel has gone to Spain uh, to see a specialist. I wonder if it's uh, probably, honestly, it's probably the same specialist John Joe Shelby and Paul Dummett saw and, like, even if Miguel only needs to miss two weeks, just the length that, that it took for them to do that, that whole thing with the specialist, it took them, like, a month to get examined <laughs> by this guy. It, like, Miguel would be done, even if he was, like, already fully healed, just to see this guy. He wouldn't, he wouldn't get an answer until, like, mid-May. Um, but anyway, uh, so I guess the important thing of note here, um, one, Rafa said, <laughs> Rafa just, just pretty much lied. It was like, Almiron has not faced an injury like this before, and it's, like, post-game press conferences, which is just not true. Um, Almiron's actually pulled the same hamstring. This is the third time doing so uh, in the past two years. So it started in Atlanta at the end of the season in September, uh, well, towards the end of the season in September, um, where he pulled his hamstring. Uh, His left hamstring was out for 22 days. And then uh, recently in October, same thing, out for 24 days, and then returned for the playoffs in both both times, end of the season and playoffs, both times and played well um but it it seems like it's something that um has been been a trend with miguel as he now is being used more often uh he doesn't really know how to pace himself as a player to prevent these injuries because it it seems like he is the he's the cause of all these injuries like he works it so hard runs so hard he's not doing something to slow himself down and he eventually just his body like tells him, "Hey, you need to stop and take a break," and that's essentially yeah. kind of what's happened. Um, it's and it's something that's new in his career because he wasn't playing all that much back when he was 
Jeez, I've now forgotten the name of his his old team back when he was before with Atlanta United. He was like making you know appearances here and there a fair bit, but not starting every match like he did with Newcastle since his debut and like he did with Atlanta United. So um, yeah, just something to keep an eye on, especially as his career here continues to see like how does he adjust and change because he obviously can't keep up the same the same uh, the same pattern. Yeah. That that would not be ideal to lose him every year to the same injury. <laughs> it's true. Uh, yeah, it's uh, there. There's other guys in the Premier League who've made a good name for themselves and unfortunately deal with the same thing. But um, they also play for bigger clubs like Arsenal or Aguero at Man City, where it's like you lose them and it's not detrimental to your team. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, um, yeah. And if you and we'll get into that, but if you saw how he played last two matches, then yeah, that, that could be detrimental. Could be, could be. Um, but yeah, if you want to read about it and get my thoughts on it, we got an article that's probably going to be live by the time this podcast comes out or by the time you listen to this podcast. And if it's not, you can directly blame Brian Nelson. Uh, so tweet at him, Brian Nelson. Just remember that name. It would be his fault if the if, if this isn't out by then. But yeah. Which it's 100% accurate what he said. I'll, I'll yeah, it's true. I mean, yeah, he's our site manager, so it would be his job to do this kind of stuff. Yeah. Yep. All right, let's let's talk about some BS. Oh, a BS according to Greg. I just want to throw that out there. <laughs> okay. We just I don't think it's BS. Well, now you just gave away everything, so just tell us. <laughs> well, I don't know if I gave away anything. People are just now they're just confused. What's the BS? What is the not BS? Yeah. I can yeah. literally say anything I want right now. You have the power. But I'm going to give the actual news. Uh the Chronicle have claimed that Newcastle have named a price tag for Jose Perez, and it's thirty-five million pounds. I, that's, that's, I'm actually, I'm I'm actually going to stick with it. I I don't think that Newcastle's even asking for that much. Well, no. All right, my BS meter is crap. This is actually harder than I thought it was going to be because it's <laughs> tricky because it logically doesn't make sense to ask for that much. But then also you it does kind of make sense to maximize his value. Yeah. Especially towards the end of the season and why he's got all this hype around him. And like the market's a bit wonky. But then again, like it's also Newcastle. So not expecting them to be you know competent. I, I'm gonna say that, yeah, I I don't think anyone will offer thirty five mil, but I'm not I think the club may be asking for that. Yeah. Um, I don't know how they came I, to that number though. That that's how I I agree. I mean, it's also quite possible that like <laughs> like like the the price tag for thirty five mil is new to the club. Like they they didn't even think to offer that much, and they're like, oh, hmm, we might as well offer that much. Yeah, uh, we might as well like ask for that much. Um, but yeah, like this is a club. I mean, and if any club could, I mean, I don't know if it, it happens actually fairly often, but I mean Newcastle they can rip people off. We got twenty million pounds for Alexander Mitrovic, and we've got. 30 million pounds for Musa Sissoko. Um, if Newcastle are smart, they'll do the right thing. And regardless of like whether or not you sell Jose Perez, which he's kind of alluded to, he, he'll listen to offers this summer, whether or not you sell him, get the, the payment in full up front. Um, the, the past couple of big money transfers Newcastle have had out of the club, um, most notably Mitrovic and Sissoko were all like spread out payments over a couple seasons um which it just doesn't make sense 
if you're not going to give whoever your manager is a proper budget to, you know, not demand, you know, a large chunk of change up front. So um, that's just something to, uh, to to keep in mind. Yeah. I, I, I like it. Is there anything else on your BS meter list? Um, yeah, the, the, the Philadelphia 76ers, just generally. Uh, no BS. Currently okay. up three games to one. Interesting. All right. We'll yeah. see. We'll see. We'll see. Jared Dudley, BS meter. Uh, he looks like a turtle and one of the most punchable faces I've seen. Oh, it's so true, but I have to respect the fact that Jared Dudley's always been... Like, ever since Jared Dudley knew that he was not a good player, like, back when he was with the Suns, like, he just has been, like, the enforcer, and it's like, dude, you are, like, the smallest enforcer in the NBA. But, you know, I I respect it. Um, <laughs> all right, so uh, let's get into a little, little where in the world. Ooh. Where are we going? Um, well, let's... uh. Let's go to a 2011 Newcastle team. Okay. Um, uh, there is a player by the name of Sammy Ambiobi who um, was basically Orlando Aarons before Orlando Aarons. So it's a, it's like a, not really a callback, I guess, but it's just like a, that's a fun thing. Um, so you get in the kind of player we know. Um, in case you lived underneath the rock, uh, <laughs> Sammy Ambiobi played for Newcastle for... <laughs> Seven years and maybe appeared 60 times. Uh, two goals in that span. Um, but, yeah, so he's he's still playing right now. Um, do, you, do you have a guess as to where he's playing? I, I think I know. Okay. I think I know. Because he was loaned there as well. Um, and, and they're under – they're having – they're not doing too well. Okay. As, and they were just bald also. Okay. Uh, Bolt Wanderers. Yes. Yes. Which, it's just I got bizarre one. that they made that deal permanent. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, he, he, I don't know how he's doing, honestly. And I, I was thinking, I was like, he could have gotten... Because it's actually a good a good one because um, Bolton, like, half their players quit. Like, they're not getting paid. <laughs> like, all like it's pretty sad what's happening there. And... Which, which is all the more reason why... Uh, Sammy Amiobi should stay. Yeah, I guess. I mean, I think I'm assuming he has because he's yeah, still he there. did. And you know, it's wild. <laughs> he's currently day to day with an ankle injury, <laughs> just oh, classic. Man. But uh, he's got four goals and three assists this season, uh, and a red card. So he's found 29 his, appearances, he's found 25 level. starts. He found his level. I, I mean, not even really. That's not great. Like. Yeah, but it's serviceable, I guess. It's serviceable. Um, but yeah, so uh, fair play to him. Uh, <laughs> good, good well, friend. I finally got a wear in, wear in the world. Yeah, I, I doubt you'll get any more, though. <laughs> All right. But yeah, uh, do you want to take a quick break? Let's do it. All right, Elijah. Mm-hmm. We won 3-1 to one in a... Exactly as we predicted, a hat trick for Isaac Perez. Jeez. Uh, the people may bow to us now for predicting his hat trick. <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, the last, do you know uh, who is the last, this is, I'll, I'll get one of the stats out. The last hat trick for Newcastle United in the Premier League. In the Premier League. Oof. Yeah, because 
I mean, this actually came up in discussion at the the old bar, and I forgot the name because someone said Dwight Gale, but his last hat trick was in the championship. So you, that's correct in saying he had the last hat trick for Newcastle. Yes, but in the Premier League. Well, yeah, that's why I said it's not yeah. Dwight Gale. Yeah. Um, actually, I have no idea. He plays for Liverpool. Oh, is it Genie Wijnaldum? Yes, it is. Really? Scored four I goals against Spurs the, the at home. game we went down. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> he just did. I did. Genie one album actually register a single away goal with Newcastle. No, he didn't. I don't. I think he got his first Premier League away goal actually like last like, season. It was. Or I think. Oh, I. I was gonna say this season. It might have. I mean, yeah. It might have <laughs> been like earlier this season. Well, yeah. I'm thinking like last season. I'm thinking like last year. In general. <laughs> <laughs> like it could have been like October. It really could have. So, <laughs> um, but yeah, that was the last one. So it was twenty. What's that? Twenty seventeen. Yeah. Uh, end of the 16 17 season. Yeah. Um, pretty interesting stuff there. So uh, let's get into some three words before we officially dive into all the fun that is us winning. Um, we had Trevor Mooney, the official questionnaire of CHN Radio, says, Sell Perez now. Money, 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 money. He didn't go on brand. So yeah. He, I'm just. Uh, Perez in- is changing people. But. I mean, it is true. So if Sal Perez now, it's this is the highest valuation he'll ever he's ever had. Um, Jeff Can at Jeff Can Four says five words. Okay, so he's changing the rules. Jeff, come on! But I'll read it anyway. He scores when he wants. Uh, Rawson in America says high price win. Very true. Um, I can't imagine how much how many millions of pounds is it to stay in the prem? It's a lot. Uh- a lot. I mean, yeah. you're asking the wrong person. I'm not a numbers guy, so. <laughs> uh, relentlessly, Jeff says, Iose is dot, 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 good. Question um, mark. Yeah. Uh, well, actually, there's five question marks. Six, five question marks. Uh, Don at Smick Ultra says, Iose's not shite. <laughs> oh, shots okay, fired. Just wait, isn't Don's name SMC Ultra? Then we have this whole thing. Yeah, yeah, but he commented how he likes that we can like continuously mispronounce his handle. Well, because I, I remember we used to say SM Cultra, so I just wanted to make sure it's it's I'm, so it's Smick Ultra. No, I don't know. I don't know what the what his real handle is. I think it is. It is. It's either Smick Ultra or SMC Ultra. Don, just let us know again. No, okay? I, I kind of don't want to know. I mean, oh. unless Don, if Don wants us to say it correctly, then let us know. If not, we'll just start just not saying his Twitter handle. Just <laughs> at Elijah Newsom. Let's, we can, Don at Elijah Newsom. We can say it something different every time. Okay. New brand. Yeah. Um, Shola's right peg says Iose Pereres Gutierrez. Coming back again with that. Garfield Thelonious Remington Third says Iose Perez Show. And NH Kendall. Says we're staying up, and Brian, I am BWF, former writer for CHN. Says Perez makes plays. Thanks for submitting those guys. There's one common theme from all of those three words. It's Perez, and oh. it's deservedly so. Um, so we'll start with the lineups. Any surprises on your end, Elijah? Well, no, I got it perfectly. Yeah, you so. pretty much had it. Exactly right. Or well not yeah. pretty much. You you did. <laughs> you did. I did. I did. Um any thoughts on Shelby? Um, so I touched on this in the article. Um, but 
I think that, you know, I'm I'm not surprised that he didn't start because I think that it's it's one of those things. Rafa's kind of gone with if it works, it works until it doesn't work. So, you know, you would take a drastic performance from Key and Hayden to change his mind, really. Um, but he's, I guess you, if you could call, uh, if you could say Rafa has a flaw, it's sometimes he's very stubborn. Um, because, like, it, I mean, and we can, we've kind of touched on that and his, like, unwillingness to play youth players when there are other players that were just not good um, throughout the season, et cetera, et cetera. But um, that being said, um, I think that with this Almiron injury, uh, assuming that he's not going to be here for the rest of the season, I think we could actually see the reappearance of Shelby because, uh, like, you have to change how you play um, without Almiron. So it's like Almiron draws so much attention to himself, which creates opportunities for Rondon and Perez, who previously couldn't create opportunities for themselves. Um, I think that, like, not having Almiron, I'm saying Atsu is not going to have the same impact as Almiron. I think you could start to see Rafa look to Shelby and say, okay, we need someone who can generate offense consistently, and we don't have Almiron out there, and Shelby's our next best bet. Because even the even though Key and Hayden played well, like their roles weren't to generate offense, and they didn't really do that. I mean, Key, well, he had a long shot to like hit the post or something, but other than that, like that's not their role. So you need someone to generate offense on this team. And I think Shelby could be in the cards again for the next match, but for now I shouldn't, I, I wouldn't be worried. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. Um, I agree as much as your prediction for the lineup was correct. All right. So the okay. lineup for people that don't know was Dubrovka, Cher, LaSalle, Dummett, Mankio, Key, Hayden, Richie, Almiron, Perez, and Rondon. Um, so again, no Yedlin. Yedlin was on the bench. Fernandez, Diame, Shelby, Atsu, and Muto. That was the bench. Um, so completely unchanged starting nine. Um, and yeah, that, that's the only thing for me was that Shelby is on the bench. It's just a very curious case considering how good he was. But I do agree with you that Rafa is pretty stubborn in that in that fact. Um, one other thing I wanted to mention. Remember when Mike Ashley said he was going to come to more matches? Yeah, he just hasn't. <laughs> <laughs> he just hasn't. Like, he, he went to, like, what, six in a row, and then just hasn't been. Well, but, hey, time out. Technically, that is more. Oh, yeah, no, it 100% <laughs> is, because it was, yeah, like, two years, right? Yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, he's a man of his word. Yeah, kind of. seriously. That, um, that's, like, that should be, that's the Mike Ashley catchphrase i'm a man of my word <laughs> kind of yeah yeah kind of argument you can, can have made. all the money the club the club generated kind of yeah um so the match started and it was an immediate immediate potential penalty for newcastle um it was it looked like a handball but looking at replays he was just so close to the fender like there's no way I mean, he's like running and jumping, so of course his hands aren't going to be down by his side. Um, but it, he was just too close to react to get out of the way, so I wouldn't have given it a penalty. But it was uh, Cher's cross that hit the arm of, I don't even know who it was. Was it Holdsberg? Probably. I think so. I think so. And um, he was up in the air already, but he, he was just so close. What do you think about that play? I mean, I don't think it was a handball. I don't think it was necessarily intentional. Yeah, um, like you said, he was just, he was in the air. Like, there's not much you can do. Um, it's hard to it's hard to gather any momentum 
uh, in the air, like jumping without moving your arms in some way, shape, or form. So yeah, uh, yeah, it's not a handball for me. Yep. Um, so it it also from there, Southampton pretty much controlled the first ten minutes of the match, and then oh, and then for the rest of the first half, we completely dominated them. Um, and it in the tenth minute, it really from the tenth minute on, it was Almiron. Almiron was just insane runs and like just was an absolute menace to the entire Southampton team. There's like like Leicester, there was no answer. For him at all. And then um, 23rd minute, what I think should have been a red card happened. It wasn't a red card. Uh, notably, I mean, Rafa was completely furious. Our, um, we had, um, what was his name? Uh, Anita. Huh? Um, oh, Mikel Anita was sent off, our assistant manager. Oh, yes, he was. Um, because he was stepping into the technical area where he wasn't allowed to be. So he got sent off. So basically what happened, um, Almiron flicked it past James Ward-Prowse. And instead of playing it in Rondon, and Ward-Prowse just absolutely <laughs> pummels Almiron. Um, like, takes him out. It was it was Rondon, Almiron, Ward-Prowse, and that's it. And Almiron successfully flicked it right past Pass him. He had full. He was full speed ahead. No way Warpros would have would have stopped him or caught up. It was. It would have been a two on nothing, like easy goal scoring opportunity unless the goalie makes an unreal save. And Warpros absolutely just full head of steam collides with Amaran to break up the play. Only get to yellow. What's your thoughts on that? First, I want to say uh, Mikel Anita is. If you haven't looked him up. Or I mean, you've definitely seen him. He's the the guy with the stylish glasses. That's always like he's Rafa's number yeah. one assistant. He's easily the most photogenic uh, person like in Premier League football today. Just like <laughs> just everything about like it doesn't matter what he wears, he looks good. All right, I yeah. just want to get that out of the way. Uh, yeah. Secondly, so Swagamir are pretty strong on Mikalanita then. Yeah, I mean, I am. I, yeah. I mean, if there's anyone, I mean, I'd love to see him. He looks like he looks like he should be managing a Bundesliga team. Wow, I like I mean, that. It just, I mean, yeah, that's like a you got to watch Bundesliga to get it. But like those those guys can dress. Just yeah. that we'll leave it at that. Um, but, but he just I wears honestly, jackets, doesn't he? He he just wears jackets. Just but it looks but like if he looks... was given the opportunity to be the manager, he would wear like a sweater and like skinny jeans and like, <laughs> like pumas. I don't know. He just looks like it. Yes. Um, but but okay. So it, this was interesting to me because. I could I see both sides of it and I see why it's a difficult call because at one like at one end you have like yes it would have been a two on one um two on but, oh. just the well I'm I'm one of being the keeper because okay. the keeper's still a person no um, I guess it's and, just a door yeah <laughs> uh, and then on the other end it's like yes but um you could say it's not a clear goal scoring opportunity because. When the foul occurred, it was behind in, the in our own half. The, yeah, yeah, it was in it was in our own half. So, like, it was a smart foul by James Ward Prost because it made the referee make a split decision. That's a pretty tough decision. That like you're gonna piss off people like regardless of the decision. Yeah, so I thought I about that. Kind of went like, with the safer option. Yeah, I I kind of thought about that too. Like, why would he have done that? But it's like I give up a pretty clear and obvious goal. Or I get a potential red, 
but hopefully yellow and it's still zero zero. Yeah. And and the and like I and it was definitely intentional because James Ward Prost like don't let his age fool you. He's been in the Southampton team for like twenty years. Like I feel like <laughs> I've been like like he's played all over. Like he's been a striker. He's been a cam. He's been a central midfielder. They played him at like right wing back. Yeah, like he's played everywhere. He's he's like very smart and like has loads of Premier League experience. Probably would be one of the most experienced Premier League players on our team if you think about it. Um, because you have to remember, a lot of these guys on our team didn't play in the Premier League. Um, but anyway, you know, you know he's only twenty-four. Yeah, I know it's insane. That's what's crazy about it. Because he's been playing since he was like seventeen or eighteen in the first yeah. team. It's, yeah. it's it's crazy. Uh, like, here it is. I just looked it up. He has one hundred and ninety appearances for Southampton. That's insane. <laughs> like, yeah. Uh, but yeah, um, it, it's also insane. Southampton haven't tried to sell him yet. Um, but yeah, that's that's kind of my thoughts on it. it. It's a tough call if you're a ref, and I mean. Like that's just a veteran move to to force the ref into making a tough decision. Um, it's very gutsy, um, but yeah, uh, it, it's it's something. But I will say this: the they like there was a whole tone that was kind of set with that, um, especially since Miguel had been doing so well as you as you'd mentioned that like Miguel was like getting fouled way more than than uh than I I think I've seen in any other match thus far. And some of them were were called, and some of them weren't called. But just like he got roughed up a, a fair bit, um, and I mean he can take it, uh, but it was just something to point out. And I think that was a key moment in kind of just setting the tone of like how we should deal with Miguel Almiron. Yeah. Um. Moving on, moving forward, it was not too long after that where justice was given to us, um, and his name, Iosu Perez. Hmm. Mm, it's so weird. We I, like he was our brand. He was, and it wasn't a good thing to be our brand at that at that point in time. But ladies and gentlemen, it is now twenty eighth minute. Isaac Perez. Well, let's start from where how it really started. Isaac Hayden, amazing tackle in the midfield. Yes. Oh, God. Sent, sent the ball to Perez. He controls it. Turned to his wife, right? Like does a little swivel thingy. Holds off two defenders. I'm, I'm still talking about Iosu Perez. Holds off two defenders and then just puts a beautiful finish back post across the box. Nobody's getting it. one nothing. New Castle United. Elijah. Mm-hmm. Please tell me more. What did you just say? I missed the last word. I said, please tell me more. Like, analysis, please. Isaac Hayden is becoming one of the most important players at Newcastle United, and it'll be sad to see him leave. Yes. But also, Isaiah Perez had the game of his life, made the run of his life, and, I mean, I don't I don't really know what else there is to say. He scored. He, <laughs> and it was a beauty. I, I honestly thought that would be, like, I was like, all right, okay, Isaiah gets his one goal, and I thought the next person to score is going to be Almiron just because of how dangerous he looked. Jesus, But, I mean, yeah. it, it was not. It yeah. Was not. This this next ten minutes was the Iosu Perez show. This is probably the best ten minutes I've seen in his entire career. Yeah, well, um, it actually is the best ten minutes of his entire career. Yeah, I don't. I mean, at statistically uh, speaking, yeah, maybe, maybe. Um, the, literally two minutes after Perez won a free free kick and Richie crossed it in, it didn't get anything. But like he's on the ball, he's winning, he's getting fouled, he's winning these free kicks. And then that was only two minutes after he just scored. And it was just two minutes after that 
where it was Rondon and Perez, who, who like two of the three amigos. Uh, Rondon, clear break down the left-hand side. He got into the area and curled a lovely ball. It was lovely. Um, right to Perez, he fired it right into the back post again, slid it in. Angus Gunn couldn't stop it. 2 nothing Newcastle. I was, at this point, I'm in shock. I was like, yo, this is straight up. This is literally <laughs> like Perez is just scored two goals in San pa- against Southampton and is completely bossing the game, which I'm just yeah. like, this is not something I'm used to from him, and I'm open to it if he wants to continue yeah. this. I also want to mention that I did say in our last pod, well, I guess our maybe it's our Leicester review, that uh, Solomon Rondon is an underrated playmaker as a striker. Case in point, just just point. Yeah, out he does. He's the, probably, and I'm, I'll say this confidently, he's probably the best possible striker that I know of in the world that I know of that can do what Newcastle need him to do. Not many strikers are going to get there and hold off the ball or hold off defenders and like be 35 yards from the nearest teammate and like have six seven assists in a season like Rondon leads the team in assists like strikers don't do that there's not he he is the perfect striker for what Rafa needs him to be now ideally Rafa doesn't want a striker like that but in the current setup of our team that this is what he needs somebody to do and I can't think of a player who who is a striker that is better at doing those things than Rondon that I've seen yeah, I mean, in terms of playmaking, I think Kevin Volland is up there as well. Just mm-hmm. pure playmaking because, I mean, but even then, uh, Leverkusen kind of use him more as like a, I wouldn't say a false nine, but he definitely plays more of like an attacking midfielder kind of role. But, I mean, like you said, the combination of hold-up play, work rate, and and the uh, the ability to, to be a playmaker, it's rare. It's really rare. Um, yeah, it, it, it it's, it's, it's definitely... It's 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 interesting to see what Newcastle are going to look like if they decide to go the route of not paying for Rondon and then like shockingly bring in you know a highly rated youngster with a similar build like a Joel Linton which I mean I wouldn't I would be shocked if that happens and see how how Rafa's tactics change that way but but yeah uh, he you're right he's the perfect unique combination for yeah. what Newcastle are currently trying to do he's been directly involved in 15 goals for the first time in his career. And he's the first Newcastle player to have over six assists since Musa Sissoko. Oh. Yeah. Fun fact for you there. Oh, Musa Sissoko, rebirth season as well. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Um, That, the first half ended, it was 2-0 Newcastle, and Newcastle definitely deserved the lead. They were 100% better than Southampton in pretty much every facet. Um, Perez was amazing. Ward Prowse was awful. Almiron, Ronan, and Perez are like they're earning the nickname the Three Amigos, and they are so good together. Just all three of them absolutely dominated. And as you have to go with exactly what Elijah said, you have to give Hayden credit for what he did in this first half. It was incredible. Once again, your thoughts on the first half? Yeah, I mean, and Newcastle simply. Uh, it, they they looked the better team. I think one of the big issues Southampton and like like we said, uh, when you're a team that generally has pressed, and we saw this with Newcastle as well. 
where you're not used to having possession. It, once you get possession, sometimes you don't know what to do with it. And they weren't very patient uh, in, in their play, which ultimately led to them making poor passing decisions and losing the ball in and, and dangerous positions. And, and Newcastle were able to consistently take advantage of that. And especially with how aggressive some players like Miguel were playing and Richie really winning the ball back. And yeah, and underrated Richie had a great first half as well. Um, yeah. Got forward, was passing the ball to Miguel. Uh, it actually looked like the tactics between them like made sense. And they were both like laying the ball off for each other, getting in balls in the box, all that kind of stuff. It was it was a great first half. One of the, the better halves I've seen from Newcastle this season. Yeah, for sure. Um, second half though, uh, things turned different. So Southampton switched to a four-three-three, which really gave us fits. Um, and I think we were more relaxed anyway. So it was a good opportunity for Southampton to get something. Um, they dominated the whole beginning of it, and really, we were very unlucky. Just ten minutes into the second half, um, key <laughs> man, yeah. I I really wanted that one to go in. Um, Richie. Like you just said, Elijah, man, you're on it right now. Richie feeds Amaran down to the left-hand side. He cut it back to Richie, <laughs> who centered it to Key. And he was about, I don't know, like 20 to 25 yards out, somewhere in there. And he hit a low shot that rattled off the inside post and went out. And I was like, oh, my gosh, are you serious? Like, that would have been insane. Yeah. An underrated part of that, Amaron like just didn't stick his foot out. He would have had a goal. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. That was the weirdest part. I feel like no one talked. I mean, I don't think he was offside either. I, I don't. I don't know what that was about. Um, looking at the replays and like I watched the extended That's a good highlights point, yeah. this morning. I was like, uh, why didn't Almiron just stick his foot out? But I guess I guess he didn't want to like take away yet take away from the the goal or get credit for it. I don't know. But yeah, yeah could have been three there. Yeah. Um, and then it was right after that where. Uh, Southampton got their only goal of the match, so it was Lamina. They obviously they deserved it, honestly. Yeah. Um, and it was a, a set piece, and he scored. I mean, yeah, I, I, I mean, and on that point, Southampton did in yards. the first ten minutes of the second half when Newcastle have done so much this season in the first ten minutes of the second half when the other team feels like they have control, Newcastle just have a go for it because they know that the team's going to come out sitting back and not as aggressive in the second half. And it's resulted in some Newcastle goals, um, and it's resulted in Newcastle looking dangerous and kind of setting the tone for the second half. But um, So it was interesting seeing that happen to Newcastle, because that's essentially what happened. Like Southampton made us uncomfy, took advantage of it, and Lamina hit a rocket, and it was absolutely a gorgeous goal. Nothing you could really do about it. Um, yeah, yeah, it was a, a definitely a just nasty curler back post goal and that um, was and he was a player i honestly didn't really expect to start uh for uh <laughs> we'll expect to play for them lamina um and he did he came on and just was immediately an impactful player and i mean fair play to fair play to him yeah um another great shout out to amaran he got the better of ben eric again and again and again and this time it was on a throw-in he drew a foul from Rumeu, who got a yellow card, and that's when Almiron went down. Um, oh, was... wait. There was also a moment where Almiron, like, dribbled across the touchline and, like, almost megged the keeper for a goal. Just want to throw that out there. Oh, yeah. 
Yeah, that he like also. megged he megged two players and like the keeper barely got a hand to it. Uh, yeah, yeah. I don't know why I missed that one. My bad. My bad. My bad. No, it, it's all but, good. It just was like it wasn't in the highlights or anything either. It was just like, oh, this is, <laughs> this was just a cool moment. Um, huge ovation for Almiron. Definitely deserved. We hope our king comes back stronger than ever. Um, shortly after Almiron leaves, like and immediately, like. Amran exits our team immediately 30% slower. <laughs> like, it, we just, like, looked draggy, and I was like, wow. Like, yeah. Amran, his pace is really underrated. Um, it was almost 2-2 immediately. Ward Proud, Proud sent a cross in. Uh, Redmond walked directly past Perez and uh, got on the ball. He crossed it into Yoshida, who, I don't know how that didn't go in, but he puts it over the bar. Um, so... We were lucky there. Then Cher went down. Fernandez came on, and this was an Atsu moment. The man who should have probably eight or nine goals for Newcastle United this year. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, he he like I don't know. He I don't even know how to describe what he did. He stole a ball from Holzberg, curled it into the area, and. He, like, I guess Bertrand hit it to Hayden. And then Hayden absolutely bashed this in. And Gunn, like, gets his, like, four fingers on it and deflects it out of play. But I want to, like, the reason why I mention Atsu is this. If Atsu, I guess you can make this argument with a lot of players, especially Perez. Um, If Atsu played like that every match, he's an instant starter on this team. Do you not have the same reaction as me? I mean, yeah, I agree. I mean, it was the reason he was bought was that he had such a great championship season. Holy it's the crap! Why he was such a highly touted Chelsea prospect, and I mean, he fair- he should have like six at minimum, six goals and six or seven assists this season. It's true. Um, I mean, yeah, and and to be fair, he's hit he's hit the crossbar or the post so many times. I know. Like him and Rondon both just like it's it's kind of sad. Um, but yeah, it he. Yeah, I mean, it would be cool to see um, him finish the season on a, on a really good note and kind of force Rafa to either you know play Amron at the ten or or at least create some competition at the wings or or you know if worse comes to worse uh, and we don't have a replacement for Perez after selling him, uh, Atu can slot in as a right a right winger which he can play on both sides. But you just want to see, like you said, the, a little bit more consistency um, from him because. When he does, when he does well, like he does really well. Yeah, and you can, yeah, I know it's awful. I'm just going to move on. <laughs> um, so for the next 20 minutes or so, Newcastle barely even touched the ball, um, and and we were saved by Perez again. And and speaking of this inconsistencies, like Perez was nowhere to be found the entire second half, and you could say that about a lot of players. But then he, what what makes the difference? And if Perez can turn, keep doing this thing, is he can make that one play. Like all he needs to do is make that one play, and that's what he did here. Um, it was Richie and Perez. Richie got a ball to Perez, and he just got on the end of it, flicked it past Gun, three points. Yeah, I mean, 
fair play, Richie had a powerful header that was on target, heading towards the yeah, goal. Yeah, he dove in like saved a it. damn dolphin jumping into the water or something. Like, yeah, it was. <laughs> like, I mean, honestly, it we was, need to get a gif of that. It was, it was, it was like brilliant from Perez because essentially, like, it was a very powerful header from a, a long way out, and the keeper could see it all the way. Had already made his decision, and Perez just flicked it the opposite direction. Like it was just, it's actually just like classic Jose Perez goal. But yeah, still, it, it was it was a, probably one of the most powerful headers I've seen this season. I want a gif of Richie, and I wanted to say sliding into your DMs mm. and just him doing that. Yeah, I won't stop you, King. All right, I like it. Um, yeah, so we won again. We have three points. Another fun thing, um, we mentioned this, uh, I, don't, I can't remember how long ago it was, uh, but we have the exact same wins, losses, draws, goals, four goals against, and points at the same point last season still, which is still absolutely mind-blowing to me that that's still the case. Yeah, I mean, it wasn't the case for a little bit because yeah. it was because it was before Leicester wasn't the case, and then the Leicester win, and it still wasn't the case, and it took a hat trick and then giving up a goal <laughs> for it to be. It's just insane. Yeah, it's insane that it's still this way. Ah, <laughs> uh, the things we love, we love this club, we really do. Um, let's go into some stats. Oh no, let's do some quotes first. I like doing the quotes before the stats. Rafa Benitez, our king, says, I'm very pleased. We can see the potential. We can see how big this massive club in this fantastic city can be. I was talking with the other manager before the game, and he said, great stadium and atmosphere. Everybody's impressed. Now we have to carry on trying to continue with the same feeling. Uh, he was asked about the foul on Amaran um, from Ward Bros. He said, you can see the foul. We had two players running in against the goalkeeper. And I don't care how far from goal it was. We had two players in the middle of the pitch and just their goalkeeper. It was a very clear chance. The next Southampton player was 10 meters behind. Um, and he, the rest of his questions were about avoiding relocation, which obviously have happened. Uh, he talked about Perez. He said he's worked hard, but has to be more consistent and he will score even more goals. But you have to be happy with a player that has quality and is working for the team. He is someone that can be something different. The way that we play now with Almiron, with his pace, Rondon holding the ball and the wing backs, he is finding more space between the lines and he also and also behind the defense. A lot of things are coming together. That last quote is the reason why I was reading the quote. That's exactly what we've been saying. And and that adds to it. Well, we can we'll save the the Perez stuff for a little bit later. Um, do you have any quotes? Uh, I think Rafa did say something about, someone asked about his job and he said, I'm same answer as he always gets. I'm under contract until June 30th. So <laughs> just, we can start the countdown clock as to uh, Rafa's, Rafa's last days in Newcastle. Um, and if you're interested in reading a little bit about that, Brian actually has an opinion piece up on it right now. It's coming on newcastle.com. His thoughts on uh, whether or not Rafa will stay or whether he'll leave. Um, so check that out. Yeah. Um, one of the beautiful things that we haven't mentioned is that two former Newcastle players actually scored the goals to keep us safe. Mm. Wijnaldum and Milner. 
Oh, yes, true. Yeah. Boring Something. James Milner, actually. Yeah. Um, so we now scored 35 goals this season, um, which is the matches the smallest previous total, which was set in the 97-98 season. 22 of those goals were scored at home, which exceeds our lowest Premier League total of 21. So that's great. We're happy. I mentioned uh, Genie getting the last Premier League hat trick, and, and you mentioned Dwight getting the last one. Um, and Perez has reached double figures for the season in the Premier League. He's the top scorer with 11 goals in all comps, one more than Rondon has in all comps, and he's ninth in the Premier League scorer chart. 31 goals have him above Obafendi Martins, Demba Ba, and Gary Speed. Crazy. It is crazy. Um... And then 538, they talk about all the how the season's going to end. And now we have the beautiful thing next to our name that says we cannot get relegated. Uh, with three games to go, we're currently sitting at 41 points. Um, 538 says we're going to end at 44 points. Um, below us, they have Burnmouth, Burnley, Southampton, Brighton, Cardiff. Fulham and Huddersfield with Carla Cardiff being relegated. I'm still going with Brighton, but um, we'll see how that plays out. All right. Is there a worse player for you? Um, honestly, honestly, no. I think everyone played really well. Um, yep. Is, I'm, yeah. I'm I don't with think it on there. Played. I don't think anybody deserves it. Yeah. Um, who's your best player? Uh, I mean, it's kind of hard to argue against Jose Perez. Yeah. He's like a 9.6. <laughs> yeah. I mean, he's definitely, he was the best player. I mean, yeah. let's just, let me get the truth. But, yeah. Um, but. But. <laughs> uh, this is, this is getting, this is the third time we're doing this. So, uh, just, just for fair reference, we've like lost connection. This is the, this is us being real with you guys. Yeah. We lost connection. So we've just started from but like three times. But anyway, but, but. The, Iose has played well, but uh, it there it has to be taken with a bit of grain of salt um, because I do think that he's definitely, you know, getting a little overhyped, I would say. Um, Greg kind of alluded to this with one of his tweets from the CHN radio account, um, basically talking about how, uh, since January, uh, Perez has had 10 matches, 7 goals, 1 assist um, because of the arrival of Almiron. So it's post-Almiron, 10 matches, 7 goals, 1 assist. And Perez pre-Almiron, 25 matches, 3 goals, and 1 assist. Basically, Iosley Perez has been playing really well since the arrival of Miguel Almiron. Um, and that's cool. Um, but I will have to say this. And it doesn't, and I, and, and it me, it does mean that he's played well. He's been a good player. You could argue he's one of our best players, but there's a little asterisk next to that. Additionally, the whole reason why I'm saying but is that there's a whole discussion coming up as to like how good Iose Perez could be or how good is he. Um, and it kind of started with, especially with, eternally within our, our site, it kind of started all with um, a Fun88 tweet. And shout out to Fun88 uh, for being a great kit sponsor and having the best kit sponsor Twitter out there. 
Um, they basically tweeted that Iose Paris has scored more Premier League goals than the following players this season. Leroy Sané, Troy Deeney, Wilfred Zaha, Pedro, Christian Eriksen, Marco Nautovic, Gabriel Jesus, Rian Mares, Dele Ali, Bernardo Silva, Metsut Ozil, and Willian. And so, um, which, that's a cool stat. And um, But you have to take that with a grain of salt as well, as a lot of these players have been injured for a good bit of the season. Uh, Gabriel Jesus, Raid Mares, uh, Deli Ali, Bernardo Silva, uh, Willian as well. Um, I believe Leroy Sané in the beginning of the season as well. Um, and Christian Eriksen. A lot of these guys, one, are injured and two were injured and two are midfielders. So take that with a grain of salt. But it did get a little bit of a discussion going in our chat. And I wanted to get your thoughts on this, Greg. And then I'll kind of reveal how I stand. I stand. I basically said, uh, like Brian brought up, that if Iose stays consistent, he's in the conversation of being as good as those players we just listed. Uh, what are your thoughts on that? Yeah, I mean, it's def- he, he can definitely, he has the, the potential to be that good, <clears throat> but he's going to have to do that over a few seasons. Uh, not just, like, he's going to have to continue this form next season and into the next season after that if he wants to be considered uh, that level. Um, and that's what Rafa's alluding to. So he could be that level. If he was more consistent, he'd be already be playing for Manchester City. He said that post-game against Leicester. Um, yeah. So so even Rafa thinks that he can be at that level. But that's... I mean, I'm going to just be real. Like, the reason why, like, those Leroy Sané is playing for Liverpool. Well, no. I mean, uh, Sadio Mane is playing for Liverpool. Is, well, you had the, you had the the player right, just the team wrong. Yeah, Man City, but I was thinking of Sadio Mane, and I okay, said Leroy okay, Sane. That's fair. <laughs> um, like the reason why he's playing for Liverpool is because he's really good. The reason why Iosi Perez is playing for Newcastle is because he's not as good. And I'm not. You could say that on every player on our team. If I mean, Cher might leave because one of the top clubs are probably going to sign him so it's just like that's the way it is right now um and it's nothing on those players that's just kind of how it goes if Perez was as consistent he would be amongst those names and he would be playing for the top clubs already uh now if you take the way he was signed at 1.5 mil and to where he's valued he's he's improved tremendously but um yeah he's going to if if he continues his form and plays for Newcastle, I'm I'm gonna be on cloud nine. That's amazing, but I think I think that's what Rafa has been trying to do is to get him to do this on a consistent basis, and maybe the arrival of a player like Almiron could help him get there. I don't I don't think Perez is ever going to get to the level of any of those players. Not from consistent. He could be as consistent as he wants. But even him at a consistent basis is not Leroy Sané. It's not Deli Ali. It's not Metsut Ozil. It's not even Willian. These are special players, and they they have they have much better technical ability than Perez will ever have, unless Perez like somehow. If you're taking current stays Perez and make him consistent, like they are much better players technically. They're much better players in terms of how they see the game, the runs they make, the, the decisions they make. Even Perez playing well makes a lot of mistakes, as we saw. Like, even if Perez gave us that cons- that level of play that he did the entire match, um, he would still be absent at times in the match. Um, 
he would lose his man sometimes defensively. Like it, there would still be very egregious flaws that just don't put him in the conversation of we're talking about Leroy Sané, who is essentially the future of the German national team. Deli Ali, obviously an important player for Tottenham, an important player for the England national team. Mesut Özil, another one of the who was one of the most important players for German national team. Yeah, sure, he's probably already better than Troy Deeney. He's, he's probably on the level, I'd say if he was consistent, maybe he'd probably be like a Wilfred Zaha, that kind of level. But even I, I just don't see, like, I don't, I don't think it's fair to say that he's going to be Bernardo Silva. And, yeah, maybe he could be playing for Man City because Man City put him in a situation where he doesn't have, he's not relied upon to be, a you know, a chief playmaker. But the fact of the matter is you could put Leroy Sané on any team, he'd be good. You could put... Riyad Mahrez on any team, he'd be good. Deli Ali on any team. Bernardo Silva, pretty much anyone on this list. Sands, probably Pedro, Marco Anatovic. And even Anatovic has played well this season. And probably Troy Deeney. And, like, all these guys can be the guy on a team. And Perez cannot be the guy on any team, regardless of how consistent he is. He he literally does not do well without someone else drawing attention uh, away from him. Like, he does, he's at his best when someone else is dominating the spotlight. So I, I, for that reason, I don't think he'll ever be like a Leroy Sané, even if he played consistently, or a Deli Ali, if he, even if he played consistently. Um, yeah. I mean, that's just my personal opinion. It's just, I don't no, think that's, that's a great team. point. That's a yeah. great point. Um, he needs he needs that, that player um, to help. And, and, you know, having, you know, say he did go to Man City, he, he could probably do well there because those players are in those places. Um, yeah. Yeah. To like I, th- I mean, help, there's, I think Gabriel ex- Jesus excel. is. That's yeah, I think that's why he's so good there. It, like you see Gabriel Jesus, like in how he plays with Brazil, and even Brazil, they've kind of taken a step back. If like Neymar's not there, Gabriel Jesus isn't amazing. And even when Neymar's there, he's not like amazing, even against inferior opponents. So I think that's another player that's like at this current stage in his career, very much relying on the pieces around him. And much like Perez, so I think if you if Perez was consistent, you could sub him in right for Gabriel Jesus, and he could he could play up top for Man City and just get all these flick ons. He'd be open, like that's just essentially what would happen. Um, yeah. Yeah. All right. I well, <laughs> I, I mean, definitely deserve. Obviously, if he keeps up the form, we're like we're all going to be ecstatic, you know. But yeah, he, it yeah. is a debated player. And actually, uh, one more point, I. I wrote this in our slack too it's like a lot of people have been like calling out oh you know i was always behind him like all you people who used to slate him and i know a few people tweeted at me saying greg and blah 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 like like oh you used to trash perez well yeah like and he deserved it like he had zero goals and zero assists in november and he started every match so yeah i i had uh and he he wasn't touching the ball he had less touches than dubrovka half the time so yeah, my criticism was warranted. He was playing awful, and he deserved criticism. And I'm from Philadelphia, where we let people know when they suck. <laughs> We're just yeah. going to be honest about it. Um, and now, like now, he's good, and I'm saying he's good because he deserves credit for how he's been playing. He's doing things that he didn't do literally six months ago, like taking defenders on the dribble and splitting people and holding the ball and scoring (laughs) like (laughs) so it's okay to be on both sides is pretty much what i'm saying like you can criticize them when they're not good you can praise them when they're good it's okay it's your your player he plays for your club like 
That's you don't have to support them. You don't have to be on one side the whole time. And I'm and as a second Perez is awful. I'm going to be the first one to, to let everyone know about it. But right now he's playing yeah. out of his mind, and thank you for that. It's about time. Like I want to see more of it. Yeah, bring and, it. And and if people want to roll the tape back, you can literally go to any of our. You can go to just go to whatever match Perez scored in for the first time, and. Greg will he he says it on there that he gives he'll give Iose Perez credit where credit's due, and he's kept up that same uh, that same mentality throughout the entire season. Like Greg has easily done that. He's criticized Perez and he's also praised him when he's done well. Um, but I would be interested to see how many people have Perez as their player of the season um, because I just wouldn't like I yeah he was our leading goal scorer and he's played well the past couple of months. Um, but like, oh no, no way! If, like, you, if you don't give that to share, like if you don't give it to share, then get out. I mean, like I you like I mean, I would put share Rondon, Dubrovka, and Richie in front and of Hayden. Him. And Hayden, yeah. Well, Hay- I would. Yeah. I would only yeah. said those the, those four because I think like I, I'm considering they've played how, how many games they've played uh, is is yeah the reason why I didn't have Hayden yeah up there. It, it's share it's that's just who it is yeah. <laughs> you can make the argument for Ron Dunn. Yeah, you could. Just you um, know, especially if he finishes with ten and six as as a striker on a defensive team. That that's that's pretty good. Yeah, um, but yeah. You got anything else there? No. Um, All right. Yeah, just when you're We're, doing your player of the year voting um, amongst yourselves, and we'll we'll do a whole article, fan article, and let people vote. Just remember, Iose Perez was good for literally six months, not even. Four months. Yeah, since February. Um, and we're thankful for it. <laughs> um, let's get into your questions, but first, a word from our friends. All right, so it's question time. We have three of them. No Trevor today in a shocker. Mm. Um, I think that's only the second time in history. Yeah, um, very but, storied history. Yeah. Um, the first one from at Jeff can four <laughs> this might not be pretty but he says can we hear you guys sing Iose Perez chant he scores when he wants how, how does the yeah. chant go well then I might as well just do it right yeah yeah he scores when he wants he scores when he wants Iose Perez he scores when he wants the end yeah, that. Uh, go ahead, and save that clip, and uh, that, that'll be that'll be my notification bell. Yeah, uh, you got your alarm when you wake up in the morning. <laughs> Jeez, yeah, it'll wake me up for sure. Um, so, yeah. Next question. So there, you're welcome, Jeff. Uh, we should pro- probably put a should have put explicit content warning before that. <laughs> <but>. <laughs> um, Abby Vias at Abe Vias. Abby Vias. Okay, yeah, Abhivias. I was close. Yeah, you were close. Um, he said, how do you think Amor- the Amaron trade trade, <laughs> um, the Amaron transfer fared for NUFC and Atlanta United now that we've had a couple weeks of football underway, or is it still too early to tell? Um, do you want to go first? Yeah. Um, actually, I'd like to hear your – your from because you're a bit of an outsider – watching Atlanta. I mean, I've watched every match, so I'd like to hear your thoughts actually first. Um, I think it fared very well for Newcastle United. I think he's our most dangerous player when he's on the pitch. He's created 
the most chances of Newcastle this season, and he's only played in 10 matches. Um, just a spoiler alert, the Premier League is more than 10 matches this mm. season. Um, so the, the and obviously we've already talked about the, the influence he's made on so many others um, on the team already. So yeah, it's gone very well uh, for Newcastle. For Atlanta, uh, I don't think it's gone well at all. They're currently in last place, so uh, that's obviously not good. But you have um, it. It's it, it shows to me like how good Newcastle have played since Almiron came on. Which by the way, in the form table, if you take the last ten matches, we're in fifth um, in the Premier League since Almiron came on, and you take the start of the season for Atlanta United and they're in last and they just won the league. Um, it's pretty apparent to me how important he is to a team and his quality. So that's, I don't think, I think it's gone great for us. I think it's gone awful, awful, awful for them. Um, and it's pretty amazing what one player can do. I know Atlanta went through a few different changes, but um, pretty shocking. Yeah, um, I would, I would, I everything. I don't really need to repeat you about Newcastle. That's pretty obvious. It's been yeah. a win for Newcastle. I honestly do think it's a bit early to tell for Atlanta. Uh, you lose your best player, and then you also replace your manager, who tactically got the most out of your players. And so um, you bring in DeBoer, who uh, had a very rough start to the season. And not really because of the play of the players. It was like his tactics were just terrible. Um, and the way DeBoer plays is a complete contrast into how Atlanta United played. And I probably, if Miguel Almiron was there, uh, he they probably would have not. They probably would. They would. I don't know if they'd be in last place, but they wouldn't be doing well thus far, simply because the way DeBoer likes to play doesn't really suit Miguel Almiron's qualities. Uh, he wants to play the possession. Um, it doesn't really take advantage of the speed Atlanta United has. Um, and have, have, I guess, would be the proper verbiage. And, like, that's even more so when you have easily the fastest player in MLS who, like, pretty much his speed is a cheat code in MLS as it is in the in Premier League in terms of creating chances and getting open. It would be interesting to see if, like, he would have done well with Miguel Amaron, especially since his tactics just don't line up with Miguel um, but on paper, Atlanta did well. I mean, they they replaced Miguel Marone with arguably at that person's time in their career a better player with Pitti Martinez as like he's just won the South American Player of the Year. And when we signed Miguel, he was essentially a nobody in in South American football. So it's it's interesting. I I do think it's a little early to tell because Atlanta United have now gotten to a point where you can kind of see DeBoer's tactics working a little. Um, they they won a match, albeit against the Revolution, who on paper are probably one of the worst teams in the league. Um, and then uh, they, they lost to FC Dallas, um, but they did absolutely dominate the game and had like 18 chances created and like 22 shots on goal or something ridiculous like that. So like yeah. they've, they've played better, and I think now that's a testament to just – like their rough start is a testament to just like – pretty much doing like what you shouldn't do as a franchise in any sport, which is basically getting a new coach and getting rid of your best player at the same exact time. That would be like if it's essentially what the Cavs did. I mean, even though Ty Lue's not a great coach, 
they got rid of their coach and they got rid of LeBron James. It's like, obviously they suck. Uh, and I don't know if they're going to be better, but um, I do think that it, I, for Atlanta, I would say um, if Atlanta are not like in a playoff position at a minimum by, by like um, the all-star break, I would be, I'd be worried if I was an Atlanta United fan. Well, I will be worried because I am an Atlanta United fan. Um, but for now, I'm not too worried considering the last two performances from the team seem to have have uh, have have seen Atlanta get the best out of the players they currently have. Yeah, there we are. There's yeah. your there's your in-depth Atlanta United report from the fan himself. Uh, the the last question is from Brian at I M B W F, and that's I A M B W F. How will Perez be remembered? This is a good question. Um, so I, I I thought about this when I saw it come through, and I said, like when you know when you have the player come back to visit the club, like how, what's the fans' response going to be? And it's a standing ovation, I think, for Perez when he comes mm-hmm. back, and I think that's deserved. Um, so I think it, he'll just he'll be remembered as just a. I don't think he's going to be like remembered as an all-time great for Newcastle. I think he's going to be remembered as a player that we all appreciated if he if he leaves this season. Yeah. Um, I, do you agree there? Any thoughts yeah, there? I think he's he's very much going to be a player in which if you didn't watch him while I was in Newcastle, you probably wouldn't know him or understand his impact per yeah. se. Because I don't I don't know if he'll have the same impact at whatever club he's at next. I mean, I think I don't think he'll have the exact same impact, I'll say. Like, he could have a completely different role. Like, he could go to Real Batiste and be this absolute stud, but he, like, you can't say he was an absolute stud at Newcastle and was the guy. Like, he had a very unique role of being, like, this clutch player that stepped up when the club needed him most or this kind of, like, tweener guy that, like, we didn't know what position he played, having endured, like, how many managers has he, has he seen just – tons and tons of managers sticking through um through thick and thin so it it, it'll be interesting to see um how how's how how he's remembered but i I like i I agree it's going to be pretty positive i'd imagine because even if you hated him you can't deny that he's delivered some some really memorable moments for for newcastle um but yeah all right well that's it do you have anything else uh no i don't i don't think so all right well, that concludes episode 57 of CHN Radio. I'm Greg. He's Elijah. And we're happy that you're here with us. Don't forget to share, subscribe, rate us five stars, like us, do everything. Um, and we will be back with you later in the week to preview our next match against Brighton. And until then, away the lads. And the broken nose and gallons of blade and razors.
went again But them that had their noses broke They came back our again Some went to the dispensary And some to Dr. Gibbs's And some to the infirmary To mend their broken ribs's To sing a song and I sang a party singing. I danced a jig and swung me twig the day I went to bleeding. There were spice towels and monkey shoes and ad bikes selling ciders. And a chip of a hackney room, the butchers and normal ads for riders. (laughs) 